0: Good day, everyone. This is Martha Childress, and welcome to Sedona Spotlight, where each week my co-host Dariel Archer or I feature teachers, healers, visionaries, and other notables in their field from mystical, magical Sedona, Arizona. Sedona Spotlight is here to shine its light on you, so anyone, anywhere, or anytime can experience the amazing energies emanating from the sacred red rocks of Sedona, Arizona. You can also lighten up live from Seattle, Washington, and vicinity every Tuesday at half past noon on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. on the dial, or listen live online from anywhere in the world you might happen to be at 1230 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time by clicking the Listen Live link at SedonaSpotlight.com. And today I'm very excited to put the spotlight on Patrick Flanagan, um, the somewhat unheralded genius of his time, uh, who spent a lot of his time in Sedona. And with us today is Giselle um, Bonafont from the Patrick Flanagan Library here in Sedona uh, to toot the horn for him a little bit here and to talk about his legacy. Welcome to the show, Giselle.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah so um although many might uh, some might not be familiar with his name and <laughs> it's funny because I wasn't but the minute I walked in it's like I know that book um they will surely be familiar with some of the uh, universal principles in which he was truly a pioneer. Um, and that book was Pyramid Power, by the way. Um, so please um, tell us, uh, you know, in kind of in your words, um, as you work at the library there in the Resource Center, um, what, you, what you'd you like to tell us about the life and times of Patrick Flanagan.
1: Oh, my goodness. As I was reviewing his life today, it was really yeah. such a, a big life, um, you yeah. know, Patrick Yeah, Patrick came in pretty much, he says, uh, he came in pretty much conscious as a child that, oh, here I am again, and I have to grow this body all over again. So he, yeah, pretty much came in um, pretty conscious. Uh, At the age of eight, he was already a ham operator. Um, He already had his general class operator license. He was building his own equipment uh from used parts he was making um tesla coils at that time and at the age of eight to to segue into the library really he talks about that he had a recurring dream and in that dream he was older he was flying a plane he did have his pilot's license at an early age 17 or so i believe and in this dream he was flying his plane and the engine started to go out and he landed on a small island in the dream and he had to spend the night as he describes it and he saw a light and he thought it was another plane and he describes it as a ufo he actually describes it as a palladian beam ship um which Hmm. yeah and these beings came out and put a he says like a motorcycle type helmet on his head. And he said, with all these electrodes, and he asked, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he said, Um, they answered him, we're using you as an example of the average earthling. And if you don't match our minimum requirements, we're going to destroy you and all the people on earth. And then the dream just ended. Oh,
0: dear. So- <laughs> oh, God. So, a nightmare th- at that point, right?
1: Yes, he describes it as an as a nightmare. So that pretty much, really, that dream really propelled him to learn as as much as he could, um, and if he just uh, was acting as a quote unquote normal young. Boy or a teenager, then the dream would return. So by the age of 14, he was reading 14,500 words a minute with a 95% wow. retention rate. So at the library, we have logged about 7,000 of his latest library, uh, though the full library is 45,000. So you I was trying to calculate how many books he would have read in his lifetime because as a teenager he says he was reading 10 or 12 books a day.
0: Um so yeah, and, and we should we should preface that this is his library, you know, this was the library that um you know that was accumulated through Pat, Patrick, correct?
1: Absolutely Including
0: his books, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of his resources, everything that yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, and just a portion thereof. Like I said, I've logged seven thousand of his forty-five thousand. The others are still in storage. It's always like Christmas when you dig your hand into one of those storage boxes. <laughs> never know what you're gonna. It plop. makes my
0: bookshelf look shameful. <laughs> so
1: it's really an honor to be there, and and yeah, how he impacted your life uh, through Pyramid Power you know, that book uh, he published later in life in the early 70s. He couldn't find anyone to yeah. publish it. Um, he, I think he borrowed $5,000 and they printed 5,000 copies for a dollar a piece. And then it went on to send sell millions. So yeah, it touched your life and so many others.
0: Yeah, I think that's the one that really kind of put him on the map, um, you know, in a more public um, way, but it was really interested when I came You know, when I came in that first time, um, a friend had said, oh, I got to take you to the Patrick Flanagan Library. And I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. And in my head, I'm like going, well, I guess I'll figure out exactly who he is when I walk in. And so I walk in the door and I instantly saw the book Pyramid Power by Patrick Flanagan. And I go, wow, because the three books, I think, um, that were the first ones that kind of uh, opened the door to uh, a different viewpoint or a different perspective on kind of consciousness and reality um, was Jonathan Livingston-Siegel, Pyramid Power and the Celestine Prophecy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think that was like uh, 60s, 70s and 80s, I think uh, in that order, I believe with those those books or somewhere in there. Um, But it just shows how you had, you know, just one book, you know, can kind of open up a different perspective on how to look at the world and then you know the the floodgates just open up so much for them and i'm sure he did that for a lot of people and with a lot of his books um can you tell us about some of the other books that he wrote and i know um he also was working uh didn't wasn't he recruited by the u.s military at a very young age and was already making huge huge (laughs) inventions too i mean like the guy's life is just so phenomenal
1: it is so phenomenal. And um, I, I it just boggles my mind just trying to wrap my mind around his his life. And I just wanted to say your description of walking into the library is just so brilliant and how that works. And I see it happen so many times. <laughs> it's like the the serendipitousness of it all. It really truly is a magical spot. And yes, he was recruited at a very early age. Um, he when he was uh he when he was in the eighth grade he entered a it was the greater houston science fair and he this was 1959 um he was 14 at the time and he won the grand prize and he won the first prize in electronics and this was a guided missile, a a guided missile system system. detect (laughs) no detection system so
0: detection yeah Yes. So
1: if a missile went off anywhere on the planet, of course, this was a Cold War. Um, yeah. Then it would detect it, and he tells the story of um, it caught the attention of the Pentagon, and he went to school after winning that prize, and uh, over the loudspeaker, you know, said, Patrick Flanagan, please come to the, pr- to the principal's
0: office. Please come office. to the principal's office.
1: <laughs> The, Penta- do. <laughs> the pentagon is on the phone and it was a five-star general and they were Whoa. like yeah and it so it went off from there he was consulting for the pentagon at the age of 17 the cia the cia tried to recruit him and he said no i, I don't think i want to do that but um He worked closely with the Navy and the dolphin to human communication. It, you know, the invention of the neurophone, it just goes on and on. His work with water, megahydrate, crystal energy. Uh, Where do you want to go? (laughs) That's,
0: yeah, he he kind of opened up the the door for the new age movement. Yeah. Didn't he? Do you want to kind of talk about his influence on that? Yeah. It was really the first one that brought science into it.
1: Yes, and I think you know pyramid power later in life. You know because he had such the that great knowledge of uh, all I would say all the sciences or the majority of yeah. them, and so he was able to explain that or put that into words where it wasn't just um, fluff or what would we say woo, <laughs> um, yeah. and yeah, so exactly. Some do consider him um, the father of of the New Age movement. Um, Yeah, just a a brilliant mind. I think he went to Egypt something like 30 or 40 times. And um, just amazing. I don't know if that answered your questions. I hope it did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like you said, the breadth and the scope of, you know, between his inventions and uh, and his books, and I'm sure there is probably millions and gazillions of papers and things that and research papers he's done. Um, but that's what's so fun because when you go to the library and, and um, you know you browse around, you'll you'll see things that you know informed him, you know, along the way and kind of piqued his curiosity and the breadth and the spectrum. And the variety of what's in that library just shows you, I mean, he must have had just one of the most curious minds on the planet. And and boy, because he was a speed reader, you know, he schooled himself. And I think just about every aspect from the science into the esoterics.
1: Yes, and I think that dream was, as mentioned prior, really heavily influenced him. And you know, in preparing for this interview today, um, we can't. Yeah, I can't even touch the tip of the iceberg. But yeah. you know, he yeah. he talked about by the time he was seventeen, he had been um, wearing the neurophone every day for the previous four years, and he really um, also attributed the neurophone um to really accelerating or assisting him he was already brilliant but assisting him in in going as far as he as he did so that that device certainly so interesting you had asked about other books too he also wrote the elixir of the ageless which had to, which had to do with water and the huns of people um you know water is so important in longevity
0: yeah Oh yeah. Yeah. Can you, um, I'll describe, you know, for people that might not be familiar with the, um, the Narophone, um, cause I know he is kind of wildly, uh, worldwide acclaimed for that.
1: Oh, describe what it is.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I will do my best and I would direct everyone to go, you know, anyone or, who, or what is, is
0: used or what is used for or <laughs> its application.
1: Yeah, the Neurophone, its application, it's an accelerated learning device. It also helps um, one go deeper into meditative states. I think Patrick really wanted it um, to be used as a tool, a tool to elevate consciousness. It balances the right and left hemisphere of the brain. So it brings coherence to Um, Mm -hmm. the hemispheres, it stimulates the capillaries. It's turns and it allows as a, as a hearing aid, um, it changes sound to ultrasonic. So it stimulates the saccules in the ears and the saccules. And forgive me if I'm not getting this right. You can go to Patrick patricklanaganlibrary.com.
0: No worries. um,
1: (laughs) Those saccules are what dogs and dolphins use to code and decode information so it's
0: wow.
1: it's it's like a direct input into the brain so if you wanted um so it it facilitates learning or accelerates learning um, and because those saccules it is said it is possible that if one were to wear it consistently over time that those saccules could become so sensitive that one could potentially be telepathic and he actually talks about that in the earliest versions that he created that there were literally people in the back of the room as they were demonstrating it in the front of the room that the people in the uh, back of the room can actually hear what was going on so there was some type of tele- telepathic
0: <laughs> thing going
1: on. it doesn't even sound real does it so
0: it's- fascinating yeah. Well, I think it's so fun because um, just about any direction that, you know, your your own um, kind of curiosity or interests could take you, he's got something to support it there in the library. And uh, tell us how the online library works for those, um, you know, that do not live in the Sedona area or would be coming through to see the, uh, to come into the physical space. Um, can you talk about uh, how it works online and, you know, your kind of your virtual library?
1: yeah we do have um, a listing of the books that we have logged so far so if you wanted to do a search by title or author I've done my best to tag them with respect to subject matter they are not digitized it's just me working on this project at this time Um, but you could certainly do a search we have many out of print or hard to find um, publications so and people are always welcome to email at patrickflanaganlibrary@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I do my best to assist people if it's possible for me to scan a book for someone, um, as long as we're not doing any copyright infringement. I'm happy to help people out as much as I possibly can if there's something there that they'd really like to look at.
0: Yeah, because I know when I went to the website, too, I mean, there's a lot to scroll through. And... And as I say, so if you can't get to the library and you want to see what kind of piques your interest, and it says, "I hmm, I wonder why he was studying that." <laughs> I wonder. what that would take me. You can do that online as well. Um, it's funny because um, you know you talked earlier that he could put it into a lot of the sciences into understandable language. Well, yeah. when I. Yeah, when I bought the pyramid power, uh, I was a senior in high school and we had to write research papers, right? That was our the big thing to, to graduate, was our research paper. And I think I only got like five pages into it and it's just like, oh, this is gonna be my research paper. <laughs> and so, you know, at that age, I was, you know, not only able to understand it enough that I was actually able to um, you know, do an entire research paper based on his book and there was really no other resources besides his book. And so I probably did it that way because it was so easy I didn't have to have a whole bunch of resources. <laughs> it was all in one place. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember my teacher was this this is really interesting personal experience as they say at a young age to just to really be able to grasp grasp onto what he was saying. And even if you don't understand kind of how something works, Um, You definitely know that, you know, he understand, understood the principles of how energy moved um, and how it, you know, manipulated to create things too. And so it's not surprising at all that he's probably the one that, you know, early on was talking about crystal energy. And this was early on before, even before computers and crystals are used in all computers and all communications. So it'd be interesting what his influence was on that
1: yeah it's his influence on on so so many things and it's his his influence that is still um there today it's amazing when you have somebody walk into the library and i see them go directly they know exactly where they want to go and i just watch them and finally I'm thinking of one individual and I asked this person how did you hear about the library because I had never seen this person come in before it was the first time and he said oh I'm working on a um, a free energy device and he said Patrick came to me in a dream and he said oh go to my library and go here <laughs> it's you know so the wow. influence, the influence is still there from the other realms. <laughs>
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And if he was playing with Tesla coils at a very early, early age too, um, I'm sure there's the fundamentals for a lot of things there. And it'd be interesting if he didn't go into a military, you know, um, career. How much, uh, you know, would have surfaced in a different way, or if it even would have been allowed to be surfaced. To be pretty frank, but um, it is it is really cool that he can have a legacy like that. Um, and that it does provide a resource for you know new young minds because you know Tesla was on to something with this free energy and I think you know the entire planet uh, could definitely benefit for uh, a non-polluting uh, free energy. So I think you know the time hopefully is finally coming where those can get some of those things can get the light of day and you know there again too all the resources that he had were there. Um, and so it's, it's really cool that he's able to share that. Do you have a kind of a fun story or a personal, um, uh, it's like the one that you just said, the guy that came in earlier, but, but is there kind of a fun story or an anecdote about maybe something in his personal life? Because he lived in Sedona for a long time.
1: And they did. And I knew, you know, I did know Patrick, but honestly was in his presence. I could probably count, you know, on one hand, I can certainly hook you up with people who would be able to tell you stories, you know, firsthand, <laughs> until, you know, the cows came home. Um, I'm just so grateful that um, I can be a part of this. I love books. I've been a prolific reader my whole life. And it's a joy and an honor to, um, to, to, to be uh, a part of this i'm so grateful to patrick and stephanie for out of the generosity of their hearts um you know all these books would just still be in boxes it really just started they wanted an inventory of their books and they kind of forgot how much (laughs) they had so they had (laughs) (laughs) so they rented space and they've been a big part of the sedona community for a long time Um, and people have given so much to them but they have very big hearts and uh and want to return that back so um yeah patrick
0: Uh, sorry what i
1: was sorry what i was gonna say what amazed me about patrick is having that level they his iq was they say was close to 300 and people say you can't even measure at that level but anytime i saw patrick um or interacted with him and amazed me how he could meet anybody at any level and just the joy, you know, he was just uh, like a, a, gift. A, a big kid and how, how do you do that? How do you meet people when so where they are when so few people can even relate <laughs> to where you're coming from. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. Yeah. Even just seeing the pictures, you could just see, you know, he obviously had a huge heart and if he was interested in consciousness, I'm sure he understood the power of that as well and lived his life accordingly. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're really lucky to have that. And, and, you know, people do come through Sedona, you know, put that on the list. I mean, there's a you know, a lot of the people that come through here, um, it'd be kind of easy to miss. Um, you don't just kind of see a big sign driving down, you know, 89, <laughs> but it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth coming in and checking it out if you're ever in the, in the area. Cause like you say, you just walk in and you never know where, where something's going to take you, um, real quick before we have to, um, uh, end the show today too. Cause, um, there's some, uh, he also has some products that are actually still available. Correct. Correct.
1: Absolutely. Um, the, his company is absolutely still here. Uh, Stephanie, his partner, is still running it from Ecuador in their base is here in Cottonwood. That's Phi Sciences, P-H-I Sciences, and um, the megahydrate, which is so important, the crystal energy, the megahydrate for antioxidants and the crystal energy that um, makes water wetter just because we drink water, it doesn't mean we're being uh, hydrated. So
0: I, yeah. um,
1: also, Stephanie has a great uh, product line of facial creams um, and body lotions. Um, and they use the crystal energy in those products. Uh, I'm not one to really put um, a shout out to products, but honestly, it it really is fabulous. And it's, yeah, I highly recommend it, especially here living in the desert. You know, uh, yeah,
0: exactly. So what's the um, what is the uh, website or um, can you we, it, we'll we'll have it in archives, too. But if you want to share it now, the, the web address for, are there products um, sold on that library page, too, or is it a separate one, the site? You
1: no, know, we don't sell on the library page. But Patrick's company is Phi Sciences, P-H-I sciences.com dot com and the okay. library and the library website is patrickflanaganlibrary.com we do have links that link back to five sciences so if you find one you'll find the other
0: okay cool cool and is there any other final thoughts you'd like to leave our audience with today about patrick and you know, the I, library
1: i just really want to thank you so much i invite anyone to come by and and stop by it's amazing how people find it sometimes like you, they just stumble or stumble in. Like, I don't know. It's like entering into another world. It it, <laughs> it really is. And I just really want to thank you, Martha, so, so much. I want to thank you for your work that you do with our indigenous uh, our Hopi and Navajo people here and, and the work with water and that you do. There's such a connection there. Pa- Patrick was part of the yeah. Cherokee Nation, the Jaguar clan of the Blue Holly. Uh, so, wow. You know, yeah there's
0: very um, very cool
1: it really yeah,
0: truly is. yeah yeah very 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 cool and um, thank you so much and you can also find the link to patrick flanagan's uh, online library and uh, i'll have i'll get the five science uh link up there too and an archive of today's show at sedonaspotlight.com so that'll all be posted there along with other great resources to help uplift your mind body and, spirit and uh, all the updates on the clean water projects for the Hopi and Navajo at sedonaspotlight.com as well um, and to make a donation so please check it out and so thank you so much for joining us again today Giselle.
1: Oh thank you so much for the invitation and um, I'm, I have no doubt Patrick thanks you and Stephanie as well so uh, <laughs> thank, thank you so so much.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in and turning up the lights because we can all be spotlights helping to create a brighter world and a better future for everyone, anywhere and anytime. So shine on everybody and have a truly magical day.